we uh, are involved in a, a series entitled We Believe. And so um, if you have a Bible, you might be opening to the end of the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be looking at the, the Great Commission there at the, the end of that Gospel and some, some other passages as well. Uh, we're less than one week out to our Reconciliation Seminar. So we hope that you'll be inviting people this next week to come on Saturday morning, beginning at 9 o'clock. We'll have some refreshments and other things and listen to some powerful lessons by James Thompson and, and Dr. David Duncan. And then uh, on Sunday, uh, Brother Thompson is going to stick around and, and give us um, some lessons as well. We look forward to that. It's going to be a wonderful time together. And so uh, last week, we, we looked at our belief in the power of the gospel and this unique message is, is able to save if we will accept it and we will submit ourselves to Christ. Our mission as the church is to share this message with as many people as possible. We are to proclaim the gospel to all the world. That's what we have up on these banners. And that's a, a great reminder every Sunday to come in here and to see these words that we are to go into all the world and to proclaim the gospel. We desire that, that everyone be saved. Well, once someone hears the gospel and is baptized, then what? This is an important question. It's one that the church hasn't always handled well. You know, some churches are really great at evangelism. They are successful in proclaiming the gospel to lots of people. But then they stop there. They never continue this work that they began. And there's much to do after a person hears the gospel and is baptized. And so I want us to begin this morning by looking again at the Great Commission. We're going to look at what it says in Mark and then in Matthew. And so if you're, you're in Matthew, just wait just a minute. We'll be there in, in just a second. But in Mark 16, 15, just a reminder, we looked at this last week. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And so we believe in the power of the gospel. And we have been commissioned here to go out and to proclaim the gospel. We go in and talk to people about this good news so that they might be saved. Now I want us to turn to Matthew and notice what he records concerning the Great Commission. It says there, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We see here that, that some things that are mentioned in Matthew are not mentioned in Mark. The Gospel of Mark is all about proclaiming the gospel to the world. It is taking this message to people who have not heard it. The Gospel of Matthew focuses on making disciples. You might want to know what a disciple is. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. It is a student, someone who sets at the feet of someone else. And to make a, a disciple is something that takes time. It involves teaching a person the ways of Jesus. It's not enough just to obey the gospel. Salvation is the starting point. We must then become students and followers of Jesus. And the only way this happens is if we have a teacher. And so this brings us to the core belief that we hold dear. 
We believe in the value of Bible education. We believe in the value of Bible education. We are not going to become the people we need to be if we don't have teachers to teach us the ways of Christ. As Christians, we are committed to receiving instruction about the faith for our entire lives. We understand that this is an essential part of our growing into the image of Christ. A few weeks ago, I attended a conference where Daryl Strawberry, I don't know if you all remember Daryl Strawberry, but he was a a famous baseball player, an all-star baseball player, and, and he was speaking about his faith. And he talked about all the success that he had You know, he was a household name because he was this amazing athlete and he had made millions and millions of dollars. And yet his life was a mess. He was unhappy. He was addicted to alcohol and drugs. He was sleeping around. And one day he attended a revival where he gave his life to Christ. He recognized that he needed salvation. But nothing changed in his life after that. He was still an addict. He was still sleeping around. He was still unhappy. Why? It was because he was never discipled. He was never taught. He heard a message about salvation and that was it. He never learned the ways of Christ until many years later. Proclamation of the gospel and discipleship must go hand in hand. We cannot do one without the other. We must practice the words of the Great Commission in Matthew and in Mark. And so people need to to know the power of the gospel as well as the commitment to follow Jesus. You know, when Jesus began his his ministry, he, he did something very interesting. He invited 12 other individuals to join him. And this group of men, they sat at Jesus' feet. They received teaching from Jesus on a regular basis. They they watched Jesus as he ministered to others. They they ate with him. They they traveled with him. They walked with him. And and Jesus did not have to do this. You know, there have been many great leaders over the years who, who never invited anyone else to join them in a journey. Why did Jesus do it? Well, he was establishing a model for the church to follow. We are a community of people who follow others as they follow Christ. We are a group of people who know the value of being educated in the teachings of Jesus. And we did this because it's what Jesus did long ago. And we invite others on the journey and we all learn together. You know, those 12 disciples who spent several years with Jesus, they later went out on their own. They kind of just spread out, went to different places, and and they formed their own communities. They began churches all around the world. And and these groups of, of churches that they began, they not only preached the gospel, but they educated their members to be like Jesus. A church is many things. It is a family. It is a hospital for sinners. It is a community, a time when we worship and we encounter the presence of God. It's also a school. It's a place where we learn 
the most important things that we will ever know. I wonder if we believe that. What we learn here is more important than any other lesson that we're going to learn out in the world. We learn about God and Jesus. We learn about where we came from, about who we are intended to be. We learn how to have an abundant life. And these are lessons we're not going to receive in public school. We're not going to receive them, you know, on TV. These are are lessons that are unique to the church. Listen to the words of Paul in 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2, as he presents Timothy with a mission. He says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul gives Timothy the model that Jesus gave to his disciples. You are to take the teachings that you have heard from me and then give them to others. Give them to men and women who are able to go out and to teach others as well. And you you see how the church grows. You see how the church flourishes. And this is what the church has done for 2,000 years. And it's still our mission today. One of the most important things we do as the church is pass the faith on to the next generation. And this happens through education. It happens from the moment a, a little baby enters our infant class when they're just a few months old. It continues as they work their way through the various classes that we offer. And what we do on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings is what Jesus did with his disciples and what Paul did with Timothy. The church thrives when education is valued. One of the greatest threats to a person's spiritual life is being content with a shallow faith. Because when we fail to grow in our knowledge of God, we are in danger of falling away. As we come to know Christ more and develop a deeper love for God, we are are blessed in many ways. You know, it helps us discern right from wrong. It helps us to to focus on what really matters. We learn how to be content. God's plan for all of us is to continue to learn until we can become teachers ourselves. Notice uh, what's written in Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Shallow faith is a hindrance to Christianity. Churches are not what they should be when they're not learning and growing. Christians are not molded into the image of Jesus if they never yearn for something deeper. The Christian faith is is a journey where we keep getting closer and closer to God. It's a relationship with God where we go deeper and deeper. 
And so we're always growing. We're always learning. We're always maturing. But education is something that does not happen on its own. It requires people who are willing to teach. And anyone who has, has taught knows that, that teaching is something that you have to prepare for. And we are blessed to have many great teachers in our congregation. These are individuals who, who volunteer their time to help others grow in their faith. Christianity is about making sacrifices for others. I mean, you can sum it up that simply. That's what Jesus did. He, he sacrificed by coming to earth. He sacrificed by doing all this ministry. He sacrificed by going to the cross. Paul tells us in Philippians 2 that we're to follow this model, not to think of ourselves, but to think of others. Christianity is about making sacrifices for others. It's the way of Jesus. And this is what teachers do every Sunday and Wednesday. They commit to being here. They prepare ahead of time. They they give up sitting in a class that they might enjoy so that they can teach others. And what they do is a selfless sacrifice, and we're grateful to, to everyone who signs up to teach. Of course, learning requires more than just teachers. If all that showed up on Sunday morning was the teachers, no learning would take place. We need people who want to learn. We need people present in our classes. And so if you want to grow in your faith, but you never attend Bible class, then you're not doing what you need to do. You know, all of us uh, should have that desire to, to grow in our faith. We should want to know more about God. We should desire to be you know, more spiritual and less worldly. And one of the best ways to accomplish all of this is to attend Bible class with, with fellow Christians. In Hosea 4, 6, God famously says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. People's lives are destroyed because they neglect to learn about God. Failing to learn God's ways is detrimental. When we are uninterested in learning about God's word, we are adrift. You know, at first it, it might not seem that dangerous. You think about being adrift, you can, you can see the shore and it doesn't seem like you're moving all that much. But eventually you look up and you're lost at sea. And this is what happens when we do not anchor ourselves to God by growing in our faith. We end up lost. And so we need God's word in our life and, and we need teachers who help us understand it and apply it to our lives. So I'd like to encourage everyone here this morning to become involved in Bible class in some way. You know, make an effort to attend Bible class. Do it for yourself. Everyone here needs to grow in their spiritual faith and in, in their faith. I don't know. I don't care where you're at. You know, if, if you're a brand new Christian or if you've been a Christian for 40 years, we all need to grow in our faith. We never reach a point where we need to stop growing. We need to learn. We need to spend time in God's word. And so I would encourage you also to consider the teachers who devote their time to preparing lessons and, and being here to teach. Show your appreciation for their efforts 
by being in class every time that you can. Now, perhaps you've been attending Bible class for some time now and, and you're looking to, to take the next step. We're always in need of teachers. And, and you can help form the faith of others by volunteering to teach a class. This is a great opportunity to serve. If you're looking for a way to serve, there's nothing better than to be a teacher. It's also a great blessing to the people who teach multiple times a year. Most of our teachers, they don't just volunteer once. They teach two or three quarters out of the year. They, they rarely get any time off. And so stepping in to give them a break, that, that would mean a lot to your brothers and sisters in Christ who are, who are teaching on a pretty constant basis. Well, for these reasons and many others, we believe in the value of Christian education. We believe that what we do here on Sunday mornings and, and Wednesday evenings is of utmost importance. We believe that we are preparing the church for the future. We're handing off that torch. We're, we're passing the faith from one generation to the next. And we believe that we are preparing Christians for eternity. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to, to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Let's pray. Father, we come before you at this time and we thank you for the people who have taught us. We thank you for all the Bible class teachers who have sacrificed their time to pass on the faith from one generation to another. We know that they don't always get recognized, but uh, we just want to recognize them this morning and, and, and thank them for their efforts. And we know, Father, that, that you see what they do. Father, we're thankful for your word, which instructs us in many ways. May we commit ourselves to studying it on our own, but also commit to being in Bible classes with fellow Christians where we learn together and we grow together and we are shaped into the image of your son. We're thankful for his life his teachings, his example of sacrificing himself in many ways. May we learn to be more like him. May we die to ourselves and live for Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.